Hey, loggers, before the episode starts, I wanted to give a little bit of an explanation. Uh, not sure if you've been paying attention to the uh, episode numbers in your podcast catcher here, but it was not a mistake that the last episode was episode 114, coming after episode 112. See, that was a special episode that we wanted to put out with Josh Loftus to kick off Spooktober and talk about seasonal gaming and, and you know, disorders and things like that. Um, but that one was we actually recorded after we recorded this main episode, episode 113. So just wanted to give you a quick heads up because what you're about to hear, if you get to say the backlog report and we're talking about games that uh, we're currently playing, but you think, wait, you just talked about beating that game. Why are you talking about playing it again? It's just because our recording schedule is a little out of order with our uh, production schedule, put it that way. So Enjoy episode 113, A Conversation with Caleb Miller. Hey loggers, welcome to episode 113 of the Backlog Breakdown podcast where we have returned from the promised land, and we are here to give you that good report, because today on the podcast, we have Joshua and Caleb, and also Nate McKeever. <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, not sorry. I mean, how can I say I'm sorry for something that I blatantly did for everyone to hear? Cheesy. You weren't sorry about that at all. Jesus, Juke. Yeah, that's what happened. But anyways, here we are later on this episode of the podcast. I'm sure you could see in in your podcast catcher, we do have a guest on and his first name is Caleb. <laughs> so because yeah. of those yeah. I want to reference scripture, right? I mean, it's always a good thing to reference scripture, right? Uh, <laughs> the devil does that sometimes. And it's oh yeah, that's good. true. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's he's like, not that, he's not a good guy. It's like but the... the did you ever see the the one where they do like the the scripture calendar thing and it's like it's the one if you will bow to me I will give you all oh yes yeah. mm-hmm. and then yes. it's like <laughs> Satan <laughs> who actually said that right uh, yeah. yeah it's it's like it's one of those motivational posters or something or it's on like a coffee cup or something or or on a like, white girl's ooh, Instagram um, <laughs> oh, anyways, with all that, uh, with all that going on, um, dude, it's been uh, two weeks since we last. Yeah, it's been it's two been weeks since to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. You, you thought you were gonna like steal my thunder? No. Well, I mean, I no. I kind of barreled into that, so it was it was gonna happen Good. anyway. Good. <laughs> you, yes, it's like we're like almost five years into this thing, and he's finally like, <laughs> that's crazy, man, dude. We're our, our our podcast hopefully is potty trained at this point in time. Yeah, I I would sure hope so. I hope so. Uh, that could course, that could cause issues. I don't know. Sometimes uh, at this point, it might be incontinent. But uh, anyways, oh, man, <laughs> you, you know, and what's really sad, uh, just to uh, pull the curtain back, like we've already had the conversation with Caleb, and it was really cool. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Yep. We're just like diving deep into scatological humor. Oh, and, that's true. Uh, He's not going to want to recommend this to anyone. <laughs> no, but yeah. It's so, been, what you been up to? Two weeks since I talked to you. Yes, um, indeed. Yeah, man. Uh, 
Well, y- you know, we we sort of uh, we haven't done like a challenge update, and it's mm-hmm. kind of been weird. Mm-hmm. But I've actually within the last couple of weeks managed to basically track most of my calories. Now, what I've nice, and I've been hitting most of my water intake too. Um, okay, okay, and I've been pretty consistently coming at least like a hundred to two hundred under my my calorie counts. Um, okay. Nice. Now the one sort of caveat, and I think I, 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 this is, but like Sundays, I just don't count. So I just eat like, I eat like a pig on Sundays. I'm like, I feast like the the entire bag of Oreos just down the gullet. I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes. Gotcha. Um, no, but you know, as far as challenges go, like I, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm making some headway there. I do want to start mm-hmm. roping, um, some like memory, uh, scripture memorization back into like some things. Um, yeah. but I'm, I'm going to sort of try and do that low key and just sort of really focus on some of the physical, physical discipline stuff. Like, yep. you know, sort of like, um, I, I, I've been trying to sort of lift with consistency and not doing well. Nice. So I need to get, I need oh, to okay. get back into that rhythm. So yeah, okay. not nice, but yeah. <laughs> um, aspirations. I like yeah, it. aspirations, uh, lowered expectations. <laughs> I was going to say lowered aspirations, but then it didn't yeah. make sense. But, uh, yeah, dude, but I shared the thing about the, the, the Jeep. Yeah. And, ended up only cost like the the whole thing ended up costing me like 75 bucks um so dude yeah very cool um but then that night so the day i got (laughs) that back oh no yeah (laughs) i was driving out to a friend's for like uh cigars and stuff um Mm -hmm. and someone jumped in front of your car no but like um like the (laughs) The Jeep, all of a sudden, I hear this like bang and sort of this clank, and I hear this grinding. And I think there's something wrong with like, and it's coming from that tire. And when I got out, that tire, like, I went over to like, just like, I could feel the heat from like six to eight inches out from the tire. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And uh, so I don't know. Like, I hate it. I, I hate it. Like, I'm, I've just basically been driving it back and forth to work. And yeah. I'm just like, the tire just falls off or explodes or bursts into flame. I'm like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I mean, a flaming tire, that would actually be kind of cool. You could be play your own version of Twisted Metal. Yeah, dude. It's like, but it would, instead of like being like a cool power up, it would just be like, uh, no, no, this, the rest of my vehicle just <laughs> catches on fire. Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, no, but it's, uh, it's been like, you know, like I said, I did manage to, was able to sit down with with a guy from church that um, mm-hmm. you know, and just have a cigar, sort of drink some of his whiskey. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. the The other thing too, and I've shared some of it with you and some of it with the brochachos. I recently sort of picked up a. Um, so I was looking at Photoshop Express, but then I ended up mm-hmm. tooling around with um, this this tool set suite called Adobe Express, which is basically yep. way more like sort of geared towards social media stuff. Yeah. Um, and it gives me some like basic, super basic, like, you know, design tools. And I've been yep. able to like fool around with that stuff. And I've showed you some of what I, I've been able to sort of like whip up and I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to sort of spring for a subscription. Well, 
I think I might just nice. like try like a month, sort of like see yeah. how yeah. like, and then if I like it after that, move into like just you know plunk down the money for a year, um, and then occasionally like I might have to like dip into Photoshop occasionally, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. I'll just like pay like the five bucks for the month for that thing or whatever. Okay, so yeah. nice, dude. That's yeah. cool. Get yeah. those creative juices flowing. Love yeah, it. Uh, it, it it's it's kind of like it's it took me a good bit to like get used to some of the stuff and like screwing around. Yeah. But yeah, honestly, that sort of puts us one step closer to like maybe making actual gear and mm-hmm. swag at and, some point in time and world dominate. Oh, oh yeah. That, that too. Yeah. Well, that that's, we were going to say that for next episode, pinky. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so <Trolls. if> anybody- <laughs> snore. Was it, was it, is it, was it snarf yeah. snarf yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah how, how have you been man it has been two weeks yeah well, it's been yeah. it's been and uh yes you you have said that multiple times at this point i'm gonna <laughs> keep just continue it. to cringe going um, to keep doing it like listen this is this is the the, the comeuppance for mm-hmm. all of the awful puns you subject me to. <laughs> okay, fair enough. There you go. <laughs> we've each got our we've each got our vices that we uh, indulge in in every episode. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been a good two weeks. I'm trying to think of what my last challenge is. I guess that kind of shows like how committed <laughs> I've been. Is that I don't remember what the last one was due to the you know the nature of kind of the back to back podcasts that we've that we've done. Yeah, which- we, we've been sort of super busy on that front because yeah 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 we're making our own backlogs hey oh um and we're knocking them out we're beating them down uh, but um th- it's yeah it's been good it's been good uh th- kind of the one highlight that i'm thinking of was another concert that i was able to go to um it was this like prog metal band that i went and saw that played through two of their albums consecutively that was pretty cool um, the only thing is that when we got there, uh, or not when we got there, so first band played, they played through an album, and they were they were heavier than I typically like, but it was fun to just kind of be in the crowd for that, and and yeah, it was fun. Um, but then the band that I went to go see, they're called The Contortionist. I would highly recommend that you check it out. They're actually their early stuff was was pretty heavy, real screamy, and their latest album has almost no screaming, which is like a huge departure from their older stuff. But I've been jamming that; it's so good. Uh, anyways, um, so right before they go on, their keyboard player comes up to the microphone and he's like, "I've been asked to address something. Um, as you may have known, if you've been following us, one of our guitar players had to leave the tour." Uh, he had a family emergency come up, and so um, he's not here tonight. Uh, in addition to that, our vocalist went a little too hard last night. At, they played in Dallas or something like that, and he, um, for the sake of the rest of the tour, is on vocal rest right now. So tonight we're going to be playing as a four-piece uh, instrumental. And so it's like, oh, okay, like that's not... That's very mm. different than kind of what I was expecting. They sounded great, though. Like, it was still a really cool concert. I wish I could have seen them, especially with their vocalist, but they did sound really cool, and it was a really fun night. It's like, why and, did you waste all that energy on Dallas? Like, Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, from, from someone who paid, you know, to and was has been looking forward to this concert for a while, it's kind of just like, I don't really care about the rest of the tour. <laughs> like. 
you won't sing tonight? Like, okay, let's kind of, I feel like I just got thrown under the bus, but the, yes, until they started playing and it's like, the, the, like these dudes are legit. It's pretty awesome. I wish there could have been vocals, but it was still awesome. Um, but yeah, so, so no, it's, it's been a good two weeks. My, my, uh, son's birthday's coming up. So I'm stoked about that. It's going to be fun. How old is Ollie? Uh, gonna he be. is going to be seven. Wow. He's yeah. It's crazy. He's turning into an old man, dude. It's, it's insane. I, it's weird to think that I've had kids for seven years at this point. So, but yeah, uh, doing good, doing good other than that. But, uh, you know, everything else that I have to, to talk about over the past couple of weeks, I've got written down on these pieces of paper because I think we need to. The backlog report is what I have to report on. Reporting on backlogs and no discussion of finances. There will be no tickers at the bottom of your screen. No finances. Um, Backlogs (laughs) only. Just backlogs. Here we go. So some of the stuff that I have been into, some of the stuff that I've been playing, um, really not too much to report in terms of games, in, in terms of new games. I've still been uh, you know, going hard on Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And when I say going hard, I mean just playing it while I'm on the elliptical. Um, but it's a good it's a good amount of time. I'm like 60 plus hours into this game already. I'm on the seventh, seventh chapter, eighth chapter out of ten. So getting towards the end, but there's still like, I mean, I probably still have another 20 hours. Uh, Hopefully I'll be done by the next episode. I say hopefully, I'm actually really enjoying the game, so I'm not complaining. It's Mm -hmm. just long. It's a statement of fact. It's It's not that I'm, you know. You're not mad about it. No, no, not at all. The game does have a lot of cutscenes, um, and so it can slow down at times kind of building building that story. But what I'm really appreciating especially is the main character and now that I'm kind of noticing his interactions with other characters, he really reminds me of Zidane from Final Fantasy IX. Um, Zidane. You know, the, the Squeenix version of, of saying his name. Um, but They're wrong. But just that it's very, okay. They, they're wrong. <laughs> Zidane and Titus, you know, your favorite that characters. Is, that is not... <laughs> how <laughs> letters work <laughs> yeah. um but anyways um yeah just his unrelenting optimism is really cool to see throughout this game um so i'm i'm appreciating him i'm the story is just now getting like all kinds of bonkers and so i'm i'm stoked for the ride um one of the one of the themes that kind of keeps coming up though that i think is a cool uh, just a cool theme, something to to explore and think about is how much your memories are integral to you as a person, like your personality and who you are. Like without your memories, who would you be is kind of the question um, that keeps popping up throughout the game. And so that's another kind of thing to kind of think over that I've really enjoyed about it. But um, that's really all that I've been playing. So I don't really have anything else to talk about in that front. Um, I have been reading a book that I, I really enjoy. Um, it's called, I know it's a weird title. It's called Building a Second Brain by Tiago Forte. Um, and it's about um, the information that you ingest and curating that information. The The idea of the second brain is actually, really it's just about digital note-taking. 
Um, so having like storing information um, in a place that's readily available. So however, you know, whatever online or digital tools that you have to do that. Um, but then also recognizing the information that you're taking in and curating it and distilling it down and then using it in a way that's actionable and creating things. So it's it's meant to kind of propel you into creating and reflection and and it, so it's it's around the ideas of productivity and things like that. But um I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Um I will say though that th- there is and, and he kind of explicitly states it, but he does just kind of accept the ubiquity of digital tools nowadays. And that kind of makes me pause a little bit because the whole idea of having like this second, this place to store information kind of creates a symbiotic relationship with, you know, screens and and digital, uh, digital tools in general that I'm not quite sure is altogether healthy or that, that we might need to question a little bit. Whereas his take is that, well, no, these things are here. And so let's use them to the best of our ability, which, which I appreciate. Like he, he advocates for a healthy use of them, but I do have to like kind of stop and say, is it altogether healthy if we're offloading, you know, kind of our, our, our thoughts and information to another place as opposed to trying to memorize things. Um, but anyways, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole, there are a lot of ideas in it and a lot of practical things. Um, that mm. I really appreciate. Um, it's a fun little book. So building a second brain. Yeah. What, uh, you, what are your thoughts? You, know, you are... sort of, not everything is worth memorizing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But memorization provides sort of like templates and frameworks for your brain to like very quickly access information instead of like, th- like memorizing the multiplication tables didn't actually teach me how to multiply. But it did give me very quick reference points mm-hmm. that there's usefulness to memorization that I think oh yeah definitely gets gets sort of like we don't we don't we don't memorize enough things in my opinion that's okay my opinion okay yeah probably, probably ought to be memorizing more mm-hmm. that's all yeah yeah it, it, I think what this book posits I think what he would say to that is the world that we live in is different in that we ingest so much information nowadays um as compared to when when people had more robust kind of memorization that we need to we need to curate that information and decide on what yes but i think like too like uh i don't know um yeah i might have to just check like this book ideas. out i was just going to say sometimes it, i think actually the amount of information that we consume culturally is kind of uh, to to borrow a phrase, uh, it's a little uh, problematic. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, but yeah, I I mean, I've got lots of thoughts on it because I've been trying to implement some of it, and it's been really useful. Um, you know, kind of along those productivity lines that you know mm-hmm. stuff that I'm really into. So, um, I've been digging it, but but definitely, like, there are some things that give me pause of just like, okay. Not sure that I agree with some of these foundational yeah. things, um, so tread lightly. But I appreciate also the emphasis on um, reflection and the emphasis on 
spending your time in the places where it's most needed so that you are able to have time where you're not kind of frantic. So anyways, uh, that that's what I was reading. And then watching Not Much to Report, uh, I did watch an autobiographical documentary on Val Kilmer. That's on Amazon. My wife and I sat down and watched that. It's actually it's actually pretty good. Um, he's he's a really interesting dude. Um, has some really weird and frankly sad spiritual beliefs because he was brought up in uh, Christian Science, and so mm. like some of that bleeds over. And it's weird because like at times it sounds like he's more atheistic, and then at times like he's thanking God, and so it's just it's just weird. And that part is sad. Um, yeah, but he yeah, yeah it's an interesting. Hmm. I might have to give that a look. Yeah, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. I'd I'd recommend it. It was a it was an endearing watch, if nothing else. I I liked so. uh, he, I liked him as Batman. Yeah, <laughs> he he does talk about that, and uh, he was disappointed with what that ended up being. I'll, I'll put it that way. He was in Batman Forever, um, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The third one. I I enjoy that movie, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not great. Not <laughs> right, great. right. Yeah, it's not as nearly as bad as the one after it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the no. one that he turned down. <laughs> but that, anyways, that was so, Clooney. Clooney was in that one, right? Right. Yes. And that one yes. that had Schwarzenegger, bat nipples, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Uma Thurman. Yeah. yeah, and the bat credit card. Oh, and the bat. Yeah, the so. bat credit card. Yeah, <laughs> so wonderful stuff. But uh, you know, that's that's all I got here for my report. What do Man. you have to report on, good sir? I'm just thinking about Batman Forever. <laughs> that actually had a really great cast. You know, I don't Buck know Hillman, that I. I Tommy that Lee there's Jones another and movie, Jim Carrey. right? With those two, like those two, in my mind, are polar opposites. Tommy Lee Jones is the perpetual just like old man get off my lawn very like like he is kindred spirits with uh, Clint Eastwood in my mind. And so to see him next to Jim Carrey is just like, oh wow. Yeah, but he plays Harvey Dent Two-Face. Right. Um, and so he does the duality there. Yeah, for sure. Okay, <laughs> now you did. just want to watch No, I just want to watch Batman forever. <laughs> there you go. I really well, that around. used to be my favorite Batman when I was a kid. Um, okay, yeah, like it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, the Batmobile in that movie is so cool. Um, all right, and Jim Carrey as the Riddler is, it's, it's a hoot. Um, yeah. All right, no, but let's let's. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I'll start with, with things I've been watching. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of not a lot, really. Um, I did like nothing's been sticking. Um, Megan and I okay. watched the second season of Only Murders. Um, okay, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty Sweet. good. Uh, yeah, we're thinking about like, jumping into it. There's uh, some parts where I'm like, oh, that there was absolutely, but I think too. So the the one sort of like caveat is that. Selena Gomez's character apparently goes lesbianist um, for this one. And th- there was some commentary brought up about 
this in in maybe one of our chats where like you know her character seemed to be straight and, and i guess they're sort of implying that she's bi or she's you know fluid sexuality or whatever and i think like the the thing is like that what i would say is it it's hard i think it's hard for us one because we we live under sort of like the christian sexual construct like we we believe that sexuality is defined by god mm -hmm. and that a sexual relationship exists between a husband and wife within the covenant of marriage and that's the only mm -hmm. sort of proper context but culturally uh it's a hot mess and so it's like <laughs> yeah. you know it's like i th i think sort of just my thoughts on that or like you know it's like why well why didn't they say something or why didn't they sort of say this? because like to them it's a non-issue it's like she likes dudes but she liked this dude and now she likes this chick and it's just like uh, that's unfortunately i think uh you know that's a uh, just how the world kind of works for some people now not you know but so now that you've listened to my Fun. ted talk um on, <laughs> on human sexuality uh, <laughs> Now, it was just like it's just like one of those things where it's like I didn't really understand the need for it, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Anyways, as far as reading goes, like I, just like I said, I haven't, I just really haven't been sticking. Like nothing's been sticking. I have, I do okay. need to go finish the little, um, the the book on Christian living by Calvin. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. Uh, I I do want to sort of finish that, and I I think after I'm. I finally finished that up. I do want to pick up and start the, the leisure book by Piper or Peeper. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, not, not John Piper, but, uh, right. Different Piper. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's probably next on my pile. As far as stuff I've been playing. Oh, you know, there was one more thing. Okay. So I have two tangents here. Um, okay. Yeah, I was listening to the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, The Game Maker's Notebook, and it was mm -hmm. Ted Price interviewing the two dudes behind. Uh, so actually, later in this episode, um, when the listeners hear it, Caleb will mention League of Legends. Um, mm -hmm. There's actually like an animated series called Arcane that's on right. Netflix. And so Ted Price um, from Insomniac, He's one of the hosts there uh, on this Game Maker's Notebook. Had these two dudes who were responsible for that. And they, they've they been longtime sort of Riot Games employees. And but so they were talking about it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I think maybe I'd like to check this out because like I've heard really good things about this series. Um, so and I, yeah. dude, I hopped on it. It's like over lunch. I watched like 10, 15 minutes. One, I'm going to say it's gorgeous. It's got like okay. a really cool yeah. style. I think, I don't know what it, I can't put my thumb on what it is aesthetically, like visually, but I was like, oh, I like the way this looks. Um, and nice. so I think it's a really, because I think it's a, it's one of those like CG animated sort of things. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think it's just like, it's absolutely gorgeous. Just, it's very, it's got its own style, like, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of interested to sort of go down that road and see sort of how that all works out. But yeah. Um, but then, so again, I, I mentioned that I was listening to things. I did want to mention this. Um, 
It's sort of like a, and here's a little bit of like a, maybe a five minute look into Nate's psyche. I was listening to <laughs> uh, This American Life and the the most recent episode they did, I forget the topic, but um, the first half of the show or the first act of the show, they talked about, they basically had this woman sort of read from her book and it's a true story about how, um, it's just a, it's one of those things that it, it made me so sad. Um, but this woman basically told the story of how her husband, um, they went and committed, you think they, they went to Geneva, Switzerland so that he could commit, um, suicide, like assisted suicide, mm -hmm. um, with a, uh, a, a program or a, an organization called uh, Dignitas, I think, or something like okay. that. Um, and it made me so sad, but it also made me angry. And, you, you know, yeah. and I think this is like one of those things where Jared preached on the uh, the sixth command, like he's been going through Deuteronomy and he paused on uh, the sixth, like he, he, he was out for a couple of weeks, uh, but he, he came back and he opened up, he opened things back up with the sixth command and thou shalt not murder, like do not murder. Um, you know, he brought up like culturally there, there are a few things that, um, you know, abortion, obviously. Um, but then he talked about euthanasia and assisted, he talked about suicide, but then he talked about euthanasia and assisted suicide. Um, and there was a movie like a, it was almost positioned as sort of a rom-com a few years ago that like took this sort of like this girl takes this job and it's uh amelia clark from game of thrones and all that she's in it okay um, but she takes this job as sort of like a, a nurse or an aide or whatever and she ends up falling in love with this dude who's like he's like a quadriplegic or you know um you know maybe he's just a biplegic i don't know like a or i don't know what i don't know if biplegic is actually but he's he's paralyzed and in a wheelchair and all this other stuff and he he's going like he basically wants to he commits suicide in the movie mm -hmm. and it's all about like how like these people are passing on with dignity and all this other stuff and there was a part of me that sort of like internally like raged and I, I raged at this woman as she's reading this memoir about how her husband killed himself because he started to, he basically had dementia and um one i raged because he made her do a lot of the footwork like she was he was like when they found out he had dementia he was like uh i'm gonna kill myself and but he was like, you're really good at research, so why don't you do this? So like he he even absconded from like made her like do all the footwork to finding out how how he could die with like dignity on his own terms is is Oof. the sort of like, and so I was angry about that. And she's sort of like, like sort of like noble nobles this up, and then like even like just the whole thing like I'm just like raging. Like if I had gotten a hold of this man before he passed, I probably would have screamed at him. Like, how dare you? How dare you yeah. make her do this? How dare you? How dare you sort of like say, I don't want to go out on these terms. Like, y you know, and it's like, and of course, like, you know, she paints it as like, sort of like this, like, I'm just glad he didn't suffer and we didn't have to go through all this, this struggle and all this other stuff. But I just, man, like, 
the complete lack of valuation that we have on 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 human life in this it, like this world is just is is really like you know Al Mohler used to call it a culture of death. I don't I don't listen to Al Mohler anymore really, but I I imagine he's still saying that, and he he was right. This is like we celebrate death, and like she tried to like sort of like celebrate this man's suicide or assisted suicide. Um, and it just made me angry, and like the yeah. whole point too. Like there, there's when they go this 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 thing. Like the doctor's like, you don't have to do this. If you change your mind, which we want you, like the doctor is like saying like, we will fully support you. The doctor looked at him and said, I want you to change your mind. Hmm. And if you, ch you can change your mind at any point in time. And it was just like, and it made, it like broke my heart. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I just felt the need to like, you know, just make this thing like a little more like, you know, I'm making fart jokes at like, you know, 30 minutes ago. And now I'm talking about like how this story about assisted suicide, it like, it made me sad, but it also like made me so angry, like un unreasonably angry at times when I'm listening to this. Like, like I said, I was just listening to this and I was just, I was just like in my head, I was like raging. I was like, you coward. Like, not only are you not going to face this this difficult thing in life like a man but then like you don't even have the decency to like pursue like you you made your wife find the best sort of venue like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i had nothing pleasant to say at that point in time i yeah. it just it kind of broke my heart um but anyways, moving on to sort of lighter fare here. Sorry, sorry for, to be a Debbie Downer, guys. Um, <laughs> but that's what I listen to. And if I got to feel bad, so do you. I'm um, taking you down. I'm taking you all down with me. <laughs> um, so as far as games I've been playing lately, um, so some interesting surprises. Uh, and not really interesting for anybody who's been paying attention in the Discord. Um, but I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Deep Rock Galactic, and we played a little bit about of that. And we will probably go back to that because it's like it's sort of like it's fun, um, and I think it's going to be something that we dip into occasionally. But there isn't really a story in it, okay. and the gameplay loop isn't really all that great. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, no, it's it's fun. It is a ton of fun, but it's like one of those things like you do like two or three and then you're good for a while yeah um so anyways we were playing a little bit of deep rock galactic and i was like ah, i i kind of like this but then the one night after the the one night the the one session i was like well destiny 2 was sort of it was in the lineup and i knew mm -hmm. it was, so i was like i'm gonna fire this up you were destined for it i was uh it was foreordained yeah um <laughs> it was faded um, mm -hmm. I ended up playing like two and a half hours that night, three hours. Okay, mm -hmm. and I was just like, "This game is so stupid good." So I started playing Destiny Two, and mm -hmm. I Get hooked. I yeah, I got hooked, and I'm kind of like mad because <laughs> <sighs> it's it's got this really cool world, right? And mm -hmm. um, and lots of lore. Yeah, but the lore is like totally inaccessible. Um, yeah, because they vaulted like reading. They vaulted all this stuff away, 
And so like so there's like some of the best missions in the game I don't have access to because nobody has access to them anymore. And I'm like Aww. I'm kind of it's kind of like one of those things where I'm like I really wish I would have started playing this like 4 or 5 years ago cuz I Yeah. cuz I'm really enjoying my time with it. Um so yeah, nice. Destiny 2 is is awesome. Um I'm having a blast with it. Uh and I do sort of feel like this is going to be just one where I sort of like dip in and out of it every once in a while. Um, yeah. It feels yeah. like it's got some staying power, but we'll see. Because Isn't that what everyone does with Destiny 2? Pretty Isn't much. Like how like, it goes. <laughs> I just like new season, beat the new content. I don't know why Like I, I fought it for so long. I was like kicking and screaming. I was like, no, I'm, I don't like this thing. And then I started playing it. And I was like, uh, I, I actually really like this thing. <laughs> this is why I didn't play it. This I is why like I did lot. not play this. Um, but yeah, it's sort of become like, you, you know, like, we'll the me, Deuce and Parker will hop on. And, you know, I know there, there's some other guys and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally willing to hop on with anybody for that. Um, this cause it's, it's, it's pretty cool um and and for anybody who's interested in deep rock galactic on playstation you know i'm I'm game for that too because i enjoy that game i know that wes and i talked about maybe doing that and i'd love to like so yeah um sweet but uh so the, that's sort of a but then mother three sort of you asked me about mm-hmm. an update i'm on the monkey chapter um which <laughs> is still fairly early on i am finding so there's a bunch of beetles that yes, rolled yes. on. And I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm going to just sort of like. Oh, really? Because I wanted the opportunity to fling that dung. And no, no that's true. I, I just have to no. give it to a, another beetle. Just roll it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you, have you, um, the, the, the little pool that he's right next to. Yeah. The dung flavored water. HB? Yeah. Yeah. The water tastes of dung. Um, it tastes a little bit like dung. Yeah. yeah. And and that the the one beetle what his name was is he's like a Chinese beetle. His name is Wan Som Dung. Mm. Cuz he Oh yeah, yeah. Some dung. He wants he some dung. He his dung. He doesn't care what kind it is. He just wants And he'll dung. he'll give you experience for for dung. Yeah. Um anyways, uh so I need to I really need to sort of I actually meant to to make sort of a, a more focused sort of attempt at that but i i got derailed i got sidetracked um mm-hmm. by by a couple of things they're not even really games they're they're just demos mm-hmm. um so i got I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna save the best one for last but um okay. i got sidetracked the harvestella recently mm-hmm. uh released a demo for uh for switch and i was like I'm I'm interested in this game because I'm interested in this game, but I'm also interested in it because I I picked it for our fantasy critic league. Yeah, you did. And I was like, I want to sort of like check this out and like see if this is like I need. And then I played the demo, and I'm like, I feel pretty good about this. It's mm-hmm. it's like sort of a much prettier Rune Factory kind of game. Nice with and nice. I, I think some like fairly interesting sort of combat stuff. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I, I played the demo. I enjoyed what I played, and it, it I, I enjoyed it enough that I probably will be picking this up at some point in time. Uh, uh. It'll probably get picked up after I finally like grab a copy of uh, Live Alive or Live Alive or Live a Live or yeah. however, 
however you say that dumb game's name. But uh, well, I mean, since it's like you know Japanese speakers, it would be more like Raiva Raive, Raivu Raivu. Sure. Probably more what it is. I I would just say like so. live alive. I don't know because it, I, I'm, whatever. Live all live. Raivu Raivu. Rival rival. Um, <laughs> rabble rabble. Um man, we're getting really off track here. Oh, as we are wont to do. But I and so the like I said, I'm saving the best for last. Um mm-hmm. so and I I posted about this on Twitter. I posted about this. Yep. I played the demo for Valkyrie Elysium. Mm-hmm. And I wants it. I wants it real bad. <laughs> I also bought it twice already, so because I'm kind oh. of dumb. Um, <laughs> well, have I told this story? Um, I think so. Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted the what I was doing as I was waiting to see if there was a, a deluxe edition physically because I was just going to mm-hmm. buy that because the the deluxe edition comes with Valkyrie Profile Lenith, which is like my favorite game of all time, or at least it's in it's in my top three. Mm-hmm. It's up there with uh, Chrono Trigger and Shadow of the Colossus. Um, I, I love Valkyrie Profile Lenith. Uh, anyways, so I wanted that. And I was waiting and I was waiting. And finally, I saw a pre-order pop open for a Steelbook edition. Nice. And I was like, oh, that's a really nice Steelbook. I, and I was like, um, and I wanted a physical copy because that's what I wanted. But there's no deluxe edition physically it's only digitally Mm. um so me being the super smart guy that i am yeah i bought a physical version and the digital deluxe version because i am super smart but i also found out that the the people who ordered the digital deluxe version actually get uh early access like three days of early access Okay. Maybe this weekend or whatever. I'll have like early I don't know. So we'll see. But I, nice. I really like that game. It's sort of like it, it vibes a little bit like uh near automata. Um okay. kind of but then you do this because like the whole premise is you have these Ein Harriar, which are like these these uh the the fallen spirits. Ein Harriar. The fall <laughs> Right. You, yep. you Fallen uneducated spirits. plebe. <laughs> yeah, you know it's the They're the basic. whole like the 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 whole Norse like the Mjolnir and mm-hmm. Jotun, and it's mm-hmm. like there's a J in there. And Norman it, Gunder. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um. But, um, yeah, Jorman Gunder. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. But and here you are. They they're the the spirits of the of those who have have been slain in battle, and mm-hmm. Valkyrie's job is to collect them. And the way that you use the Ein Harriar in this game, or and it's it's been like the Ein Harriar have like sort of always been part of that. And so in the first one, like they're part of your like it's a party system. But the way that it works is like each character is assigned to a face button, and then it's okay. like the the. The combat almost like when you you go into combat almost feels like has like sort of a rhythm gamey sort of thing, but it's not really rhythm gamey. Be- 
it's all about like learning how to chain attacks and like juggle and do all sorts of stuff because like if you hit enemies in the air you get they you get them to kick out certain types of crystals but then if you let them hit the ground and then you beat on them they kick out other sorts of crystals it's i don't know mm-hmm. it's it's weird uh it can be very technical and it it appeals listen we've all talked about though you know i've talked about it before my brain is broken in very special ways and it appeals to me um mm-hmm. anyways so the second one does something similar um but it takes it all in 3D. Um, Silmaria was not my favorite. It was fine. I It was like one of those things where I beat it and I sort of moved on. Um, but this one sort of almost, it basically sort of moves the Einherjar as to like, you kind of like bring them out almost like summons and they sort of accompany you for a little bit. And so they'll help attack enemies. and But then they also add depending on which Ein Harriar you have selected, because you can bring out multiples, but then you can like focus on one. They'll actually empower your attacks with certain like elemental buffs. So like if you have a lightning Ein Harriar, like a lightning class and Ein Harriar, oh man, I'm, like they give you lightning, a, like mm-hmm. a lightning sort of buff to your attacks or like ice or whatever. It's, I don't know. It's, and it does like, there's a lot of like breaking. I, I I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be excellent. Nice. I don't think it's hmm. like a game of the year contender, um, especially in a year where you have Elden Ring and God of War, Ragnarok, um, mm-hmm. sort of to contend with. But I think it's going to be really good. Um, yeah. I'm really excited about it. The The general sort of vibe going around is everybody who's like sort of touched the demo and and like a lot of fans who have sort of been playing that they're like, no, like Jesse Knopp and I have stand for this, like the original Valkyrie profile for, for years. Like in TRG, it's almost like, you know, if, if somebody brings it up, he and I just inevitably will tag the other one or, you know, it's like, because we know that like we, <laughs> we, we know that that's like, like that's our wheelhouse. But he, uh, he and I were mm-hmm. sort of texting back and forth. He was like, I was like, dude, you need to check this demo out. And then he, he texted me today. He was like, uh, I played the demo. It's freaking great. And it has a hook shot. And I was like, yep. Like, and I, I sent, I responded with a gif of happy dancing because, uh, it's automatically a better game than breath of the wild because it has a hook shot. Um, so yeah. <laughs> How's that make you feel? Oh man. Okay. No, but it's got like a grappling hook and it's actually sort of a really cool, it, the, everything about the combat feels really cool. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm legitimately excited about this. Like I said, don't think it's, I think it's, it's going to, I have a, I'm really hoping that's going to be really good. Um, and I, I, I feel like I have, I've reasons to, to feel like it, it is going to be good. All that being said, I have not beaten anything. So my backlog beatdown score is still at negative five. And mm-hmm. speaking about the backlog beatdown, it's uh, yeah. the official app of the backlog beatdown is the GG app. If you don't know what the GG app is, uh, where have you been? What rock have you been living <laughs> under? Like, get with it. Um, but uh, GG is a letterboxed app for your game collection. You can uh, you can 
rate and review games. You can create custom lists. You can sort of, you can cultivate like a friends list and see what all your friends are playing. Um, he has uh, some, uh, the, the elite tier um, in in uh, GG is available for $5 a month or $50 a year. You get access to early builds. You get an exclusive role in his Discord server. Um, you have more access to Charles and uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's pretty cool. We like the GG app, uh, and we like Charles, and uh, and again, like I said, we like it so much that we made it the official app of the Backlog Beatdown. Um, yeah. So there is that, and other things that hopefully you you like. I mean, you've been listening to this at least this far, um, but it's this podcast. And if you like this podcast, and you've done the sharing and the caring, and you've done the, the rating and reviewing, which if you haven't done the rating and reviewing, I would really encourage you to take a couple minutes and do that because that would be really cool. But if you've done all of those things and you still you're like, how else can I support my favorite two breakdown bros? Um, you know, who are really good at being bad at brevity. Um, well, you could throw us a couple bucks over at our Patreon. Uh, for less than the, the price of a pumpkin spice latte a month, you can uh, sort of, uh, well, help us pay for basically, you know, hosting the service um, and sort of looking at ways for us to expand. Like we do little giveaways, a lot, you know, or we try to do giveaways and stuff like that. And a lot of that is just, you know, yeah. That's all sort of fan supported. Uh, if you are a patron, you get early and uncut access to every episode. Uh, and you get a video feed of every episode. You also get to make us do things. Um, going <laughs> forward, uh, it'll be uh, patrons will be able to nominate a topic of their choice um, to sort of like basically strong arm us and make us talk about something. Um or they can pick a game for us to play that year and uh, we have to play it and sort of do an episode uh, based on that game. So yeah, you can make, like you pay us and we do things. That's kind of how capitalism works. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, and there's no price tag on it. It's really just a tip jar. Um, but like I said, if you were looking for ways to sort of like, you know, go a little bit above and beyond, there you go. Uh, last but not least, we are proud members of the Playwell Network alongside Mr. Wesley Ray, the Henshin Dad himself, and mm -hmm. Paul, the, the artist currently known as the Techno Funk Boy Lytle. Uh, we love those guys. We we like what they're about. And, uh, you know, we like some of the stuff that they're getting into. And uh, we think they make good content. And we think that you might enjoy it as well. So all that being said, here's a word from one of them. Hey there, I'm Wes, and I run the Henshin Dab Podcast. If you don't know what that is, well, it's a one-man show where I talk about all the things that you need to know about the tokusatsu genre from Japan. If you've seen shows like Power Rangers and Ultraman, then you've seen tokusatsu, and I just happen to think those types of shows are pretty cool. So come on over and take a listen as I discuss all the current and retro happenings in the genre. You can find it over at anchor.fm forward slash henshindad. I'll see you there, and don't forget, henshin a go-go, baby! And we're back. So, folks, tonight we, we have on a guest. Uh, I have no prior connection with this gentleman, although I, I feel that's much to my detriment um, because, you know, based on the last, like, 10, 15 minutes that, uh, of conversation that I've been privy to, seems like a heck of a guy. Um, but uh, we 
we came across an article, oh, probably a couple months ago in TRG. Um, and I read through it and I, uh, and it was sort of a, a treatise on video games and how Christians can engage them meaningfully and wisely. And I really liked it. And I liked it so much that I reached out to our guest tonight, uh, Caleb Miller. And so, Caleb, why don't you give us just like, you know, we're really good at being bad at brevity on the show, but, you know, give us sort of like the, the, the quick and not so dirty, you know, lowdown on, on you. Who is Caleb Miller? Yeah, who am I? So uh, I am an Army chaplain. I've been an Army chaplain for oh, seven years now, oh, wow. uh, both reserves and active. I was in, we call St. Louis home. Uh, okay. My dad moved us there, oh man, 20, 20 some years ago so that he could go to seminary, Covenant Seminary. And then ah. when I graduated from college and I was a philosophy major and uh, okay. when you're a philosophy major. It's a well, cocktail degree, dude. I, I yeah. actually am a philosophy degree <laughs> dropout. Where do you so. go with that? Yeah. It's like you go to law school, you go to seminary, yeah. um, you, become you go a get a PhD in philosophy, you go... I don't know, get a, a desk job. Well, anyway, I ended up at, at Covenant not knowing what I wanted to do uh, when I grew up, but uh, through just talking with some of the people there, some of the professors, um, going to a couple lunches, uh, talking to army chaplains, they talked me into it for better or for worse. So <laughs> I've been doing that. Um, uh, married, a couple uh, kids. Otto, May, and Bruce. Uh, Otto, who I mentioned in the article, he's four. And uh, just talking with some of my friends about how they navigate the whole discussion of parenting and video games. Uh, my mm -hmm. wife and I are already starting to have those conversations. And um, yeah. That's so that's, awesome. I mean, in a nutshell. Yeah. No. Great. No. Yeah. Um, so, and again, I'm just going to kind of, briefly sort of recap the article in as much as I can, but you basically, you know, you sort of, uh, and I, I love the opening too, because, and we talked about this a little bit before we actually started recording proper, but it's uh, you open up with a little over a decade ago, Mark Driscoll remarked that video games aren't sinful. They're just stupid. Um, and that really has sort of become like the, almost like the unspoken rallying cry in a lot of like the, the more seriously minded sort of like, reformed and reformed ish adjacent camps is that there's very little to any discussion. Occasionally like something will pop up from like desiring God or Chally's or you know, one of these evangelical or reformed voices. And they'll talk about video games, but it tends to typically be very dismissive. Um, and so as I sort of read through the article, and again, like I read through the article, and and I think to the listeners of of, of our show, hopefully, um, none of what you sort of posit in the article would be that that different than even sort of a lot of the conversations that Josh and I have had. Like you, you sort of talk about some of some of the potential dangers and follies. Uh, you mm -hmm. talk about sort of the the overreaction on both sides. Of, mm -hmm. of the camp. And then you sort of talk about like, you, you talk about like the, the very pro gaming camp and the very, you know, dismissive, like the, the enthusiast versus the sort of like the dismissal and how, you know, there's probably what, what probably needs to happen on both sides is there needs to be a little bit of bit more of meeting in the middle. Um, in the mm -hmm. sense that the enthusiasts probably need to be open to criticism 
and sort of really not be afraid to do some evaluation um, and assessment there. Well, at the same time, where a lot of the more dismissive sides of of the the I don't know if it's even really a discussion because that's a whole, and we might even get into that a little bit, but the, the sort of like the, you know, the, it's just stupid, it's childish side really is sort of ignoring, um, it's, it's, it's doing one, I think themselves and their brothers and sisters in Christ a disservice by not sort of taking seriously the potential impact of this medium. I'm not talking about whether or not games should be taken seriously. I'm talking about the fact that like they are, there's a, they are massive culturally. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I shared briefly with you, um, that our, one of our most recent guests, like the video game industry is bigger, like than film and like Hollywood and music, the music industries put together. Um, I can't re- I think it was like $180 billion a year industry. It's massive. It's massive. And it's, it's, you know, it's not omnipresent, but it's, it's, they're in almost every home in, in America and many, many homes across the world. But I think, and so lastly, and, and sort of, and, and I'd like to maybe talk about some of that with you. Um, while we have you on here, but lastly, you did also mention and, and sort of bring up the the fact that like, in sort of going through this process, like you really do need like, you know, that there needs to be sort of an evaluation on how you guys are going to, if you're going to sort of allow this into your home and what that's going to look like or what that could look like. Um, so Josh, I think you had a question for him just about the the nature of this article. Um, and I I would absolutely love to to hear this one, uh, the, the answer to this one as well. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, just just to start off, like Nate has already said, so I don't want to belabor the point. Um, but I do I do really appreciate the the article and the fairness with which you approached both sides of the issue, especially because you're upfront about your experience as well. I mean, I I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty amazing. And as much as um some of the things that you said, I was upset about um particularly when you addressed the the side that is more pro gaming um that i was i was only upset because it was true uh, the, the way that some some people just come at the issue and and are frankly immature in the ways that they you know one of the things that you mentioned in the article was how uh, we need to do better than just reading our own biases into scripture when we think about these things theologically um that in particular stuck out to me so i really appreciate the article um if it hasn't been said already there's going to be a link to uh, the article on modern reformation in the description so go read that as well highly recommend that to anyone who's listening um but the question that i had just to just to start off especially in light of some of the other conversations that we've had was uh, in, in something like modern reformation is not the place that i would think that you would be able to have an article on video games so i'm just curious how did you get an article on video games published <laughs> it's it's a good question um and i'm not sure i have the most interesting answer okay i i um i wouldn't say i'm very experienced in the in this industry uh mm-hmm. i i started writing a couple things about a year ago just as a hobby okay um on different topics and this was the only thing i've ever really written on video games although it probably is the product of about i don't know uh, 
just it's been something that I've been thinking about for a long time. I've got mm-hmm. a couple of good friends from seminary who uh, were very passionate about the topic too. Okay. Um, and uh, anyway, so to your question, I, I guess I just softened them up because I had been I had been sending articles on on other things, mm-hmm. uh, not related to games at all. You wouldn't have predicted based on other things I'd written that this would be the topic. Mm. <laughs> uh, but they had already said, hey, do you want to be a regular contributor? And so mm. I had, had entered into that agreement. And this was just one that I wrote and, and, and gave them as like fulfilling an obligation. Like, here you go. Now okay. I'm a regular contributor. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised when they accepted it. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to be like, you know, this is really outside the scope of what we want to do. Right. But at the very top of their website, it says, and their motto, Modern Reformation, Thinking Theologically. And I stuck it in the title of the article. Just yep. to, you know, like, hey, <laughs> if you really want to think theologically, then here's a topic we can think theologically about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I've not written anything else on the topic. I don't know how okay. it is pitching to other places. Um, I have made one pitch, I think, to... Uh, first things and one to Christianity Today, but it wasn't on video games, so I've not okay. I've not seen mm. some of the other stuff that's out there. Uh, I know I know that something like that. Uh, there's lots of blogs that I could I could ask. Hey, would you be interested in putting that up? And they would in a mm-hmm. heartbeat because the, the the site is about gaming. Um, right. But yeah, but Modern Reformation. Um, yeah, they tend to be more about. Um, some kind of theological figure, right? Or some like reform doctrine that uh, is currently a hot topic, or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't know if they'd like that I mentioned Mark Driscoll, but uh, oh. <laughs> that's <laughs> right off the bat yeah. with all the 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 press he's been getting. So yeah, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's a sign of things to come. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's great. I mean, in my mind, that's great because, uh, like you said, there are a number of of independent kind of blogs and things that you could go to with this. It tends these kinds of conversations about video games in particular. Um, I think because of the polarization that you talk about in the article, tend to kind of create have created their own niche. niche excuse me, um, and not in some of the more bigger evangelical publications. So it it really stuck out to me that it was in Modern Reformation because I I think of them pretty highly. I like the stuff that they put out, and so to see it on video games is pretty cool. So a, a quick follow up question, and I say quick, but this kind of gets at the root of it. Why would you say it's important? Or, or is I mean I assume I'm, I'm assuming here that you do think it's important to think theologically about something like video games uh, since you wrote the article on it. Why do you think it's important to think theologically about it? Oh man, that's a question that could go so many different ways. Um, <laughs> well, just off the top of my head, a couple mm-hmm. are that, um, as Nate mentioned, it's a huge industry. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people involved. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of unbelievers out there, right? Yeah. Who spend most of their day online. That's how they make their friends. That's how they make their you know. That's how they live their life. Uh, and so it's a whole segment of the population of the U.S. or Europe that if you want to relate to those people, if you want to talk to those people, you have to go online. 
Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we can, you know, we can wish that things were different, but that's the reality right now. Yeah. Um, so at least at that level, you need to be thinking theologically, at least in, in terms of a, almost like missiology, like mm-hmm. reaching other people. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people have, have poured a lot of resources into that. Um, another reason is um, that our children, our friends, like people are going to be exposed to this. We are exposed to this. Um, I mean, it's as, as I, as I mentioned, one of the things both mentioned in the article, but also just in, in general for years, one of my friends has asked like, what is screen time? Like, what is it? Like mm. we talk about screen time and we, yeah. we think we know, Oh yeah, that's just looking at screens, but there's so many different things you can do with screens. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, I Kindle, don't know. You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, um, and so again, it's it's important to think about how we spend our time. Yeah, and I don't think that everything done with screens is this has the same sort of moral import. Hmm. Um, hmm. So that I mean, those are two off the top of my head. There's many yeah. more. Um, yeah. But uh, no, yeah, I I think that's fantastic, and I think that that gets to the heart of kind of a lot of what you've written because you lay out three different kind of uh measurements or or you know ideas on on how to evaluate different forms of video games and i i appreciate the and i know this term can be loaded sometimes but the nuance with which you have have talked about how to to think about these video games at one point i pulled a little um a little quote here if i can if i can even find it i say that and then I'm not even going to be able to find it. Um, but one of the things you were talking about, because um, uh, you, you used three different things uh, in the article. Um, you, were, you were talking about the content of games and the time that it takes and then the habit forming that it does as well. And um, uh, when you were talking about the content, I really appreciated, you said that um, video games itself is, is, is a medium but there are lots of different expressions within that. Um, I think you know we you, we can relate it to movies in a way where you have your kind of popcorn blockbuster movies, or you think of like action movies of the eighties, where there's not that much. Um, you're not you're not getting too much in 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 terms of rich kind of content. Mm-hmm. It's really more just for you know to turn your brain off and have some fun for an hour and a half. Um, as opposed to some of the more uh, deep experiences that you can have, where where movies kind of delve into deeper themes, um, mm-hmm. you have similar a uh, similar thing with video games as well. And so, um, what you say is is really the question is, what game for what type of person? Um, because you're also talking about how how are we engaging with it? That's one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is is when it comes to us, how are we are we allowing ourselves to get addicted to to play too long into the night, um, or are we stewarding our time well? And I think you use that term as well. So um, yeah, I I really appreciate the way that that you've come at this question. Um, and, and it's nice and concise too. It's not a super long article, but you kind of touch on all these things. So, uh. well, and I think that's, that's one of the things that I appreciated most about the article was that I think you levied some pretty, um, useful questions for, for sort of mm-hmm. self-examination in the sense that you say like, okay, like how are you spending your time? What are you consuming here? Like, and then just sort of really, again, at, you know, sort of encouraging people to, 
you know, reevaluate their relationship with this. I mean, we shared, I shared with you that I'm a, I'm a deacon in the PCA. And one of the things that, uh, the, the primary calling for us, um, for, for me, um, and, and it, it, uh, you know, I, I, I should have just pulled up the Boko and just sort of read it off there because it's probably much more eloquent. But like one of the, the primary calls of the diaconate within the PCA is to address and mitigate the effect, the, the, the physical effects of sin on the congregants. Mm. Like mm. we are the, we are where the, the, the elders sort of care for the soul, the, the diaconate cares for the body. And sometimes that, that, and so there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, that I, over the last couple of years, I've, I've really been working through, but what that has sort of meant for me personally is sort of looking at all the different, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I got, I got into this, this, I, this sort of the ideas that we sort of want to address here initially, because I sort of wanted to mount a defense for my hobby, you know, but the more I sort of looked at this and started like really digging into, because I think, you know, in developing a healthy theology of recreation, we have, to, you have to start with having a, a healthy theology of vocation of labor. So, um, yes. it sort of got me into some of that and sort of wrestling with, what does it mean to work well, to work unto the glory of God to, you know, and, and, and there are a number of, really uh, i mean luther's work on vac- vocation um just you know very very limited but sort of like gut punches you know um but i guess the the theory that i've developed is that culturally um americans have a very disjointed or distorted relationship with media and just entertainment in general and i think you you were sort of talking about like missiological um, sort of outworkings of some uh, of engaging some of this. And I think honestly, one of the ways that a, a Christian com- community um, can engage something like, or the Christian, not a Christian, but like the, the church as a whole is to, to show that like, Hey, you can in, enjoy games. You can take the medium seriously, but you don't have to be enslaved to it. Like, you know, just like the same way you would sort of like a believer. I, when I, I was a truck driver for a couple of years, and uh, one one of the guys I worked with was a he was a, a a believer, and he said to me one time he's like I I when I come into work I think I need to be if not the best employee they have I need to be one of the best employees they have I need to do my work well I need to do it cheerfully and, and you know and that really sort of left a bit of a mark on me and I think even sort of like encouraging you know Christian gamers to sort of like hey the way that you interact with this medium needs to be different than the way that your non-believing brothers or, you know, friends and neighbors do. And so it's like, even, and I think in, in a lot of the ways, like your article gives people some, some key areas that, that really need, like, you know, how much of this, how much of this is like, how much of my life is consumed with this? Mm-hmm. versus like you know this sort of you know in a, in a slightly different angle i think you kind of hit on like am i being mastered by this thing or am I, is this am i the master here like am i like is this something that i can partake of in good conscience 
because I'm, I'm being ruled by the Holy Spirit and I'm being self-controlled or, you know, is this sort of like, if, am I sort of building my life around this thing? And, um, I just, yeah. you, you had mentioned in, in the article that you, you used to play video games and you haven't mm-hmm. for a number of years, mostly because of, and, and that's, that's an area where Josh and I, you know, we've talked about our struggles with that. And I, sometimes I think that your solution is probably the far nobler one. And I mm-hmm. uh, probably ours is a little more self-indulgent, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, I, I would be interested in sort of like hearing about some of your gaming history and sort of like maybe walk us through some of that too, if if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, let's see here. So if my wife were on this podcast, um, if you were interviewing us together, this would be a very entertaining segment um, mm-hmm. and a different interview. Uh, she, <laughs> she had very strong opinions. Um, Okay. One, so I had one friend, good friend, who uh, would stay up regularly playing. Oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is a masterpiece. Okay. Yes. Um, but he I, he just couldn't put it down. Yeah. And um, his he, it caused a lot of friction in his marriage. Mm. And um, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't married at the time. Now I now I am. But uh it did come it did come to a head where it was like she didn't say you know it's me or the xbox but she could have um and then you know mm-hmm. this is not my marriage this is me looking on the outside at somebody else's mm-hmm. but i don't know i just sat there thinking like just get rid of the xbox man just get rid yeah. of it <laughs> um yeah like when you get to that point uh and and when we got married i i my, my wife renee she she was just like so are you going to have a console in the house and I knew it was behind mm-hmm. that question. And I was like, well, no, I, that's fine. Like we're married. I, if you, if this is going to be a, a sticking point, I've watched my friends kind of get derailed by this. So mm-hmm. that was my solution for better or for worse. Um, and, and I know that's not the only solution, but then as the years went on, um, uh, I went active duty. Um, I get calls at all hours in the morning from these soldiers. Uh, I, yeah. I truly don't have time to do anything more than like, yeah, yeah make dinner, put my kids in bed. Um, so yeah, I like to write. That's my, I guess, uh, that's my hobby. I read a little when I can and, and, and then write a little bit, but, um, I, I just, I do remember years ago though. So you, you asked more about like the history of it. I mean, I grew up on them. I I've listened to a few of your episodes about like the nostalgia and, and, uh, Mm. I relate. I mean, we had consoles in the house growing up. I loved okay. uh, the Nintendo, the Sega. I, I don't like we. Did, I didn't own every single game, yeah. but I could sit there for hours trying to beat uh, Ninja Turtles without <laughs> any cheat codes. And uh, Shredder oh, always man. killed me. <laughs> and uh, I remember getting to high school, and I mean, we just had a console in the house all the time. My brother, I think, mm. was a little bit more cerebral about it. He actually would like mm. read the magazines and like read the reviews of the games and figure out which ones were better than others. And, um, and I didn't really care about any of that. I just wanted to, the dopamine really. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was just really like, I hooked on the, on the, the sense of accomplishment, um, yeah. beating games on the hardest difficulty. And then even actually in seminary, uh, w- one of my good friends, um, who I had proofread this article, uh, he, he's tried to start a, a digital gaming ministry 
um, as a pastor and mm. loved League of Legends. Like that was his game, okay. League of Legends. I had never heard of this game. It sounded like a foreign language the first time that he tried to explain any part of that game to me. <laughs> uh, it's like entering its own little world. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, but it was it was really unique. So, uh, from somebody that, that didn't see the PC gaming scene very much, it was very curious to me. He was like, yeah, you, you play one character and you're on a five-man team against this other. It's like basketball. And and it's like, yeah, you just you're playing basketball, but it's still sort of like an RPG. You just gotta play it. And uh, yeah, I got I got hooked on that game. Um, uh-huh. Trying to again, it's that sense of accomplishment uh, and and teaming up with other people. Um, but if you've ever played League of Legends or Dota or any of those, um, it's a very toxic community. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's. I don't think that really needs to be like anyone who wants to argue that. I mean, I, I question whether you've played the game. Uh, um, Yeah. Just a lot of, and and it's a game that seems to be, it's almost like the, the board game uh, has settlers of Catan. And I I feel Mm -hmm. like league is that way where it's just, it's like built to force you to be competitive and it brings out everyone's (laughs) worst nature at points. Like you just can't get around it. Um, and anyway, at some point in in trying to get out of gold tier in that game, I realized that I've just sunk so many hours into this Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what do I really have to show for it? Um, I had a a friend that I made through the game who like, he developed a heart condition, um, because he would just sit and play this game all the time. Um, and I mean, I'm still in contact with him. I think he actually still mm-hmm. plays League. He's he's a, he's a monster at the game. He's really good. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. So th- those those experiences kind of informed the article. Yeah. Um, but then also things you've already touched on. Just I- I've seen the same trends. Um, some come some of the seminary professors at Covenant when me and some of the other guys wanted to write papers on it they were like you want to write a paper on how paul would talk about video games you want what but so they were really Mm -hmm. skeptical and it it worked out i I didn't get bad grades on the papers but um but yeah i could just see this impasse where um some of the pastors whether it's celebrity pastors or just pastors that are a couple years older than me want to speak into this area and want to really want to you know try to offer something of value and help people re-examine how they spend their time mm-hmm. but they don't know how to relate to it uh they're yeah. not in it um and so I, I think where the light bulb really clicked is one of the assignments in our in our psych i think it was a biblical counseling class we had to read a book on um perfecting ourselves to death and like neuroses and, and narcissism mm-hmm. and uh Great book, Perfecting Yourselves to Death, uh, Ourselves to Death, I think, by Richard Winter. Uh, but he he has a whole section on video games. And he said something about if you play more than two hours, I'm going to get the number mixed up. But he, mm-hmm. he gave this number of like, if you spend more than two hours doing this, uh, I think it was like two hours a night or two hours, maybe it was two hours a week. Um, and my friends and I, we just read that and we were like, oh, wow, like you he's never picked up a game. Like he doesn't understand, <laughs> like you, you would not get anywhere in a game doing that. Like, uh, mm-hmm. no modern game is going to let you, uh, like even enjoy it with that time frame. Like mm-hmm. 
yeah. So it, it, it just led to a lot of circular, um, thinking I had to kind of navigate, like mm -hmm. I have people on one side and, and it, some of the people I've mentioned, I had them all read this article. I was like, so what mm -hmm. do you think? I've got like a couple friends, my wife, very, very skeptical of games, very skeptical that it can add anything to your life. Mm -hmm. And then I've got other friends who are engrossed in it, trying to like minister to people in it. You know, and I, I have a personality where I just kind of gravitate to whatever my friends are interested in. I, mm. I, you know, uh, that's just always been a, kind of a theme. So like, I have to be careful how I <laughs> choose my company because whatever yeah. they're doing, I'm going to end up doing that. Um, yeah. And anyway, so I have friends on deeply entrenched in both sides of this camp and at these camps. And uh, so what, what do I think? And that's, that's where this article came from. What do you, you know, what do you think the way, and, and I, you talked about this in the article, but, and, and you sort of, I remember even reading, I really like, uh, Jamie Smith or James K. A. Smith. Um, yeah. I've enjoyed <laughs> yes. some of his work. Um, it's really, but like, even the way that he likes, or I like, I bristled at that when he's like looking at his students, if I catch you, you know, playing a video game, it's like, okay. Like there's a part of me, it's like, come at me, bro. Um, where I'm like, there was a part of me that just like one, like even sort of like making like that, that that's a totally different response altogether um, where I'm like, man, like let's, let's talk about that maybe. But like just with him, I'd be like, wh why, why do you like, even that, because underlying there, it's like the world needs your education, the world. No, like there's something, there's something in that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And, and I haven't put all my fingers on, like I haven't pulled that nut, sort of apart the way that I want to yet. So I, so, you know, and I talked about the, some of the vocation and recreation sort of cycle, right. Or like how, like the two things are sort of tied together. And I think one of the, the things I've noticed about sort of the, the American sort of mindset, especially when it comes to work, it's, 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 uh, it's sort of rooted in a puritanical sort of, you know, heart, towards labor minus all of the moral under underpinning. So it's like, you know, the, the Puritans believed in working hard. They also believed in like playing hard. Like they, they brewed good beer. They loved their families. Like they, yes, they worked hard, but they also, they, they weren't opposed. You know, we have a, a sort of almost like a, a bizarre sort of um, caricature of what Puritan, you know, pure, there were some Puritans who were like, you know, probably killjoys but like these were people who oh, like you know um you know from all the accounts that i've read you know were like they were people but they they loved each other well and so some of that would be you know you playing with your kids and sort of you know maybe not being super serious all the time or telling funny stories or you know there were there were occasions for celebration and joy and so even that sort of like bend towards like every aspect of your life needs to be nothing but but productive you know, basically America has two really unhealthy sort of, um, pole positions. We either think you, you work really hard so that you, you basically, you play too much or you work too much and you're doing it for a couple different reasons. Um, my pastor, Jared, uh, he's, he's doing his, uh, demon paper on, uh, Acadia or, or sloth. And, uh, the conversations with him have really sort of like, anyway, I'll, anyways, I'm, I'm, I told you rabbit trails. It's like a pinball machine up here. Um, it's I'm good at them, but I guess I'm sort of like, I think going forward, like 
my my hope is that sort of your art between things like your article and and there are other organizations out here doing like sort of beating this drum. Um, I guess do you see a way forward though, sort of within the broader sort of evangelical and reformed communities um, to really maybe sort of and again have that more nuanced sort of approach to this because there. You know, and I'm not trying to question the wisdom or the intent of a lot of like these gaming ministries or online churches or, you know, these these communities that are solely bent on towards it. Like, because I'm all about like reaching people where you wherever you can reach them. But I'm also like, you know, because of my my like I'm like these people also like, yeah, like preach the gospel to them and then get get them to put, you know, you you said you mentioned to me that you listen to our butts and pews episode. Um, and I'm like, dude, you need to be part of a local body. Like yes. you, you have to be part of a local church. And so I, you know, I guess what I'd love to see is that is, is churches and, and the, the church in general, having, being able to have like intelligent conversations surrounding this, because I think too, a lot of times you know, and, and this is sort of referring to our last guest, like he talked about, like, if you walk into a church and you mentioned that like you play video games, like you're either going to get like dumb looks. It, it, it's the, the, the reception isn't going to be that warm and, you know, and it's like, I, I guess I, do you think that there's a way, you know, and I, I keep dancing around this, but do you think there's a, there's a way forward for the American church to sort of treat this well and sort not putting too much emphasis on it, but at the same time, sort of like finding a way for us to like address this thing maturely and responsibly and, and sort of being able to engage it because I, you know, what I see in, in Christian media a lot of times is, um, you, you know, we sort of come at it all hackneyed and we have like, the, we have bad takes and we, and then we're like, you know, if you listen to the, the NES nostalgia, we mentioned, uh, the, the, like the Bible adventure games. And it's like, it's just like, man, like, that that's not the way that we want to be be engaging this, but I do think you know just as much as anything else, like there there's room for Christians in these these industries. There's room, it's, especially with the sort of the narrative potency that games as a medium can possess. But what what do you, I guess what do you see as sort of like the future for the church? Like what is like some of and you, and and again, I think the article sort of talks about some of this, but like I guess what what is your hope in some of this? What is my hope? Yeah. So one of the things I struggled with is how much of how much to leave open-ended and how much to actually just weigh in and say, Hey, this is what I think. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, yeah, it is an open question. I, I, th I think I see two, two reasons to have hope. So, so one is more on a, on a cultural level. I think mm -hmm. as more games of higher quality come out, um, as more people start to understand uh, the depth behind some games, not, not all, um, right. but as games become more diversified, you know, I, I think if I were to get back into it tomorrow and try to pick a game that I could play with my son, it would be something like Minecraft or SimCity or something like, you know, he's, he's four, he's too young for some of that, but that's the level of, of engagement that I'm comfortable with. I can understand there's like a, a creative aspect. There's learning about how the world works. There's 
all sorts of things that you can you can do with a game like that. As more people get interested in games like that, and as more creative versions of those kind of games come out, I think I think that's one possible way. Another thing uh, on the cultural side is just as more you know more people um, stereotypically men get tagged with this more, but there's a lot of female gamers out there. Um, as more people are responsible and have healthy family relationships, healthy, you know, like a career trajectory that may or may not be tied up in games or whatever. Um, the more we can multiply those people, especially in the church, like you said, Nate, if, if there's a marked difference between the way Christians are engaging this medium and other people are engaging this medium, eventually one hopes that people will take notice. Mm -hmm. Now, so that's more on the cultural side. I think on the theological side, uh, if I were like sitting in a room with James, uh, Smith or, or, um, I don't know, Kevin DeYoung or John Piper or some of these guys that are like hesitant, but, or, or just kind of hostile to the whole thing. Um, I think I would just push him more on, on the theological side. Like if you think about, you know, the hope of where this world is going, right. Not to put too fine a point on it, but if we're talking theology here, you know, I, I, I see a lot of evidence in the Bible. There's going to come a day where we don't need soldiers anymore. We don't need pastors anymore. We don't need a lot of these jobs that people have put a lot of, of stock in like, Oh, that's a noble profession, but we're not going to need that anymore. I mean, we're going to be face to face with Christ. We're not going to need, mm-hmm. we're not going to need a lot of these side roles, but we might need gardeners. Um, we might still need people to take out the trash and we might have gamers. Like there might be a lot of opportunities to just go be creative in the universe. Like mm. I just don't, I don't think, I don't think that's been explored. I, I just don't, I don't see a lot of activity in that realm. Yeah. Um, and I think that avenue pushing some of the, the, the theolo- theologically inclined people to, you know, Hey, think about this. Right. Uh, I mean, I use Tolkien as an example and yep. it's really hard to bring him up because you know, that, that can become a cliche. Um, but you know, he, he founds this genre and, and, and video games are already kind of a thing, but we're all still trying to figure out what they are, right? Like what are mm-hmm. they actually capable of, of, and it's, there's a lot of scary aspects to that. I mean, right. AI and subliminal messaging and like altered consciousness and all that. Like it, it's scary in some ways, but there's also like the, the more pure and, and noble routes of like, Hey, what if we just built this immersive world that, that taught us something about the real world or, or you know, yep. so those are, our, those are my kind of off the cuff, but also, reflections based on my conversations with my friends. I mean, yeah. Is there reason to hope? Yeah, I I think there is. I I do agree with you, Nate, though, as the way the media structures are set up right now, it's hard to see that. I I don't, I see a generation gap. Um, It's, it's interesting. I think I started to be clued into the fact that it really was a generation gap and not something more, um, more like, binary like sin not sin um because <laughs> mm. uh, for a long time i did think s- the video games were just maybe there is like a sinful aspect to it maybe maybe it is something i need to just quit mm-hmm. um and and what made me see that that probably isn't the case is like 
well now, so now I'm a, I'm a chaplain. And so you have like these senior commanders with a lot of gray and white hair who they'll bring the chaplain. Maybe they'll bring some others into the room as like advisors. And they're like, how do we get these young soldiers out of the barracks? Because they're not making friends. Hmm. Um, and if I have a good relationship with that commander and it's not somebody that's just trying to get me to do their bidding, I'll push back a little and say, what makes you think they don't have friends? Well, they're online all the time. Okay. Are you aware of how people use online activities now? Like they probably are online with their friends. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. they're probably doing something collaborative. Um, and I, I see, I think that's this mirroring in the church. Like, I don't think it's really a, what I guess I'm trying to say is I don't think that uh, the the dynamic in the church is really that different than the dynamic in the world, which probably is a sign of unhealthy um, interaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a really good point. And we, it's funny because we had a similar conversation just a few episodes ago with another one of our friends, Eric Bryant, um, where we talked about the nature of, of what of childishness in the medium because it's it's assumed by a lot that that there is just a childish aspect to playing video games in particular um and and so we kind of dove into that a little bit and along those same lines i i want to press in a little bit if if you're willing to um but you brought up you know your uh you use the tolkien and uh and how he created you know, this, this different world that we're still, you know, going back to today. Um, one of the things that you said that I thought was a really, uh, just a great little, uh, phrase is that you said that, that some of these, some of these games can be, uh, they may be beneficial as expressions and experiences. Um, so, so it's almost like they are, they have some form of goodness or beauty in and of themselves, just purely as, as, an expression. Um, and you've already talked about how, you know, even nowadays there are, gaming is very different. Video games means something. It can mean something different when there's an underlying theme, you know, when it, when it tries to teach something about the real world, um, as opposed to some of the more, you know, low quality, uh, you, I think you said they're glorified advertisements, you know, in the, in the article, which, which Angry is true, birds. which I agree with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something Candy along crush. those lines. So I'm curious though, just to, just to kind of push on that a little is, do you think there is a place for that type of low quality entertainment? Or do you think there's a threshold at which, okay, maybe this is just wasting time or is there a place for wasting time? If that makes any sense. I think there is. I think there is a place. Um, Yeah, it's a difficult question. I think, (laughs) I think, I think there is. I mean, for as long as there have been people, there's been some kind of time wasting activity, right? Like, Mm, yeah. um, Our card games, like not the ones you bet on, but our card games, Mm. like really, they're they're just passing time, right? Um, You can't tell me that like sitting and whittling a stick into some shape that may or may not be used for anything. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. People, I think we sometimes, and, and I think James K. Smith falls into this unintentionally and in his analysis, but um, I think we tend to think, well, before video games, we just, we used all our time wisely. Like mm, sometimes yeah. 
sometimes I, fe- I feel that bias when I listen to someone talk about it for too long. And it's like, I mean, no, that's not true. People yeah. were wasting time for us. So um, I, I, I think, I, per, I mean, you know, this is just my opinion, but I, yeah. I tend yeah. to think more about, am I glorifying God in this? Like, am I conscious mm. of that? Right, because mm-hmm. there's some if there's something that I'm conscious of of God's uh, glory in this, yeah. Um, you know, whether it's sinful is a separate question. I, I right, um, you know, because there's some games with sinful content. But I mean, yep. if, as as long as it's like, you, I know the, in the previous podcast you guys talked about Candy Crush and like, can what about like spending money? And um, I have seen that become kind of a, a problem with with yeah some folks it's just you're pouring so much into this sector and mm. it's not the only thing that can cost golf is a really expensive activity um hockey we looked into like what it would cost to actually put our son in hockey and it's just astronomical the prices for everything Oof. um so it's not the only expensive hobby but gaming can get very expensive very fast um yep. so i mean it's all stuff to consider um but it, yeah. you you raise a good question and i don't i i think I think there's room for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of my my dad um, playing Tetris, like that was his passion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was the only one game he played. Uh, uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I relate to one of you because that that was yeah. like a story about my somebody having to get dad. glasses. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I, my, dad my dad very easily could have been the same. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it. it it's one of those like hard questions because you always want to qualify it, right? And it's like you, yes or no, but then it's always like yes, but this, but no, but this, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, right, and and kind of yeah, it, that was unfair of me to kind of dive in there, but but even yeah, I was curious about where that threshold would be, and not that 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 there's a hard answer. And actually, again, that's what I appreciated about the article is you kind of just set up a number of questions to ask, like. How do you engage with it? And what is the content like? And what are you doing with your time? Is this the only place you're spending your time? You know, all these kind of indicators that for some, this may be sin, you know? <laughs> this is something that you really ought to wrestle with. And, and one of the things I really um, just appreciate about that whole thing, I was actually listening to, um, it was a newsletter, but it was a podcast of a newsletter earlier today. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the with the term, but there's this term of the the negative world that we live in, um, where basically our our culture is no longer um, it, it's not it's no longer a, a, a Christian culture. It's not even necessarily a post Christian culture. It's almost to the point where it's like an anti Christian mm-hmm. culture currently. And um, th- one of the things that this this newsletter was talking about was how in this type of negative world in which we live, um, we can no longer um, kind of rest on our laurels and or uh, take on the same assumptions as the rest of the world when we engage with different things. And of course, my mind went to video games and how um, I think just the framework that you set up or the questions that you ask is a great way to teach people, not just to take for granted, because I, I agree there is uh, there is a big um, just generational difference 
Um, and and the two sides, one kind of just assumes, oh, well, it's wrong. It's a waste of time. And the other side just assumes, oh, well, it's fine. So I'm going to indulge in it as much as I want to, you know, so long as I'm not working, I'll be playing a game. Um, and, and that is not healthy. Like this is something I, I think that can be the way that the world at large sees it, especially, you know, the whole idea of working for the weekend, something like that, um, where, where you don't get as much fulfillment from the work. They don't see it as God given. That's a whole other conversation, but, um, Christians can kind of take on that assumption, you know, whether it's a reaction, uh, against the, the, the other side or not. And, um, we need to engage. I mean, I guess this is coming back to the title of your article is to, to think about video games theologically and a way to, to not just take for granted that that it's okay right not not just assume that yeah well i can play whenever i want to or you know so long as so long here's another you know kind of threshold so long as all my other obligations are taken care of okay well well does all your extra time get poured into this is your is this your single hobby and then you even brought up you know is this a one player experience is this something you're doing with friends like these are all things to consider when, if you want to honestly um, evaluate your, you know, for lack of a better term, relationship with games, you know, can you honestly go to the Lord with an, an open heart? I think of Psalm 139, search me, O God, know my ways. You know, like, can you go before God and say, hey, this is, I'm giving an account for what I've done over the past week. Can you stand before the Lord and, and you know, mm-hmm. say that, this was a good use of your time. Uh, so all that, all that to say is I, I, I think you've posed a lot of great questions um, and things that we ought to consider. And, you know, like Nate said, I do, I, I think this was very um, encouraging for me to see something like this in, in kind of a bigger evangelical publication. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know, I guess we we do need to wind down here because you know you we we want to be respectful of your time um and you, you know you you had a fairly limited sort of slot here but I, I would offer just sort of one uh word of encouragement if I could I found the article to be really refreshing in the sense that like you know Josh and I are kind of like two weirdos in in our weird little corner of the internet banging this drum and to to sort of find like a, a brother who is like you know and i think you maybe sit in a slightly different sort of like side of the issue because you aren't playing video games you're not really an enthusiast but i think i would just like say hey keep it up man like y- you know i i would encourage you to sort of keep being a reasonable voice in those those conversations and in this discourse um because i, I think the, the the solution to a lot of this you know we sort of talk, my hope is that someday like conversations like ours will be not seen as outliers that this will just be sort of like run of the mill where it's like no well let, let's have a serious conversation about this stuff because and and it, it doesn't demand it all the time but when it does, it does. Um, and so I just, I'd offer that, that sort of unsolicited bit of encouragement to say, Hey, you know, I, I really appreciated it. And, uh, just so keep that, keep it up. Um, I guess sort of as we're winding down and I don't know uh, how much, uh, you, you sort of want to sort of offer up here, but 
you, you know, I wanted to give you sort of the opportunity to maybe plug anything that you've sort of been into as far as like written that you're really sort of like proud of or that you think is really worth a, a go or just where people could find you, you know, to maybe like, you know, again, we will be posting a link to the article in, in our show notes, but just, you know, wanted to give you an opportunity there if you wanted. Like if, if you would rather, you know, sort of like remain anonymous to, to the, the, the audience of the breakdown, uh, I totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, since I don't know, uh, exactly who the audience of the breakdown is, I, I saw, um, yeah, I, I saw there's some kind of discord channel, but is that for just the book club or is that for everybody? That's for any, if you want to be in our discord, you can be in our discord. I have have to, I have to warn you that there are some shenanigans, Um, but that's what discord's for. Yes. 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 Okay. Um, No, I've got some friends that that's really the only way we keep in contact is just a discord channel that never, Mm -hmm. never died. Even after we all walked away from some of the games, but um, uh, yeah. So as you can see from my very high quality microphone here, I, I don't do these mm-hmm. kinds of things very often. Um, I don't, uh, uh, my time is pretty limited, so I don't yeah. really write as much as maybe I want to, but I have already toyed around with a second part to the, this article, hmm. um, based on some of the feedback I've gotten. Cause you know, there's, there's one side that, uh, you all are, are, you all are trying to apply this to you you know, your hobby, your passion, your life. Uh, then we have others who are more skeptical who've been like, yeah, but it's still a waste of time. And I'm like, yeah, but you haven't made a good argument. Um, <laughs> so other than that, I don't know if there's anything your listeners would be interested in. Um, I've just been making a hobby of sending things to modern reformation. Um, mm-hmm. I have, uh, you know, tried my hand at a couple of academic articles, but similar to what you all were saying earlier, um, my, (laughs) my strategy of sending things to publications, um, uh, it's, it's backfiring. And this one went well, right. Sending something about video games to modern reformation went well, but, uh, trying to cross streams with the academic stuff. They, the, the conservative leading journals don't like it if I don't say the things that they like. And then the liberal leading mm. journals the other way. Um, yeah. I have a lot of opinions on that, but um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be purposefully vague, but I really don't know if there's anything else that would be, um, be interesting. Um, I have done a lot of research on parts of the old Testament and ethics. Um, so a lot of the stuff that I write normally has to do more with like, um, uh, the conquest of Canaan or the laws mm. given to Moses or just how to think through that. <laughs> it's a yeah. big topic. Yeah. Um, and so I think the only highbrow thing, there's an article in Themelios um, from when was it in April? Other than that. Yeah. I look forward to just dialoguing with people in your discord channel. Cause I love discord. Um, and uh Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, th- we'd love to have you in there. Uh, you'd definitely be classing the join up. Um, but hey, you know, and I was I was thinking about this. Uh, do you know he he's shown up on uh, the TRG podcast before? But a guy named Matt Millsap, I think he's uh, 
I want to say he's at Midwestern, um, but I'm not a hundred percent. He's I he's don't, a, but he well his his uh, his, uh, what, his dissertation was on uh, and he made up a word uh, theoludological, um, oh, or ludo theological theological, but it's basically. Um, he, he'll he'll send you a copy of like a, a PDF of the dissertation. It might be something sort of like to poke at and sort of like um, I have it. And uh, sometimes when I pretend to be smart, I take a crack at it and about five pages <laughs> in my brain hurts. Um, but uh, maybe sort of like hunt him down and just sort of see. I know he's on Twitter and stuff like that, but like there there might be something in there for you to sort of like poke around and, and uh, it's a fairly serious scholar you know scholastic work so is is it on um so is he talking about like luddites like the people who are no ludology um is the study of games oh there you go okay so i at least like um i i'm it's been a while but yeah i think like um or but yeah like i don't actually Ludos is like the Latin term for games or something like that. So, but I like it. That's cool. Yeah. It, it's, it's a pretty, like I said, it's a, it's a pretty, it's pretty heavy. Um, but I'm, I'm no scholastic. Like I said, I, I dropped out of the philosophy program. So <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's my raging pragmatism or what, but, um, anyways, <laughs> uh, Caleb, I wanted to thank you for your time. Uh, it, it mm-hmm. it's seriously been a pleasure, dude. Hey, when you, uh, if you, you pitch that, that second article and it gets picked up, let us know, we'll have, have you back on and like, we'll plug the article and all that stuff, man. So, yeah. um, but don't want to keep you too long here. Uh, again, thank you for your time. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, uh, it was, it was absolutely our pleasure. Hopefully you enjoyed this as well. So. Yeah, you have been very kind. Thank you. Um, I did enjoy it and, um, Yeah. I'll I'll see you around. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Looking forward right. to it. So that was a great conversation that we had. You know, like I said, we came, went to the promised land. We returned. We said there's some really great stuff stop, there. Stop. You know? I'm video. Do not do that. Do not do that. Again. No, again. Don't, don't put us through this again. Don't, don't do that again. <laughs> um, it was a really great conversation with Caleb. Um, you, yeah. you know, a lot of times, you know, and we've we've actually had, you know, I think the last like two or three episodes, we've had some fairly serious and I think helpful conversations about sort of like yeah. fleshing out the, the, the sort of the framework. Um, and so like, you know, just adding another voice to the, the pile of like people that maybe sort of keep an eye on and hopefully be encouraged by and challenged by, uh, as far yeah. as like, you know, being a little more mature and sort of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I like it. And we made our own little trilogy of episodes. I yeah, like it. we did. And it was, I don't even, it wasn't even on purpose, you know? And, um, so, but yeah, it, it, and l- unlike some trilogies, ours doesn't suck. Ours is pretty cool <laughs> and it's useful <laughs> and it's useful. Um, but I like it. it. Knew where it was going from the beginning. No, it just happened that way. Um, yeah, anyways. it just happened that way. Yeah. <laughs> As we kind of wrap, wrap, you know, wind down is what I was trying to say. Wind down for the evening. Um, we, you know, there's there's all of our our normal kind of things we like to hit before we uh, before we send you off on your way. 
Um, I do actually have a community shout out this time. Uh, I don't know if you have one, Nate, but I just wanted to shout out, you know, that he gets a lot of love around here, but Wesley Ray, um, he posted up in our discord, a picture of his revised top 100 games of all time. And I really mm. appreciated that because he's just been going through those hundred on retronym, but then he's revised it. Like he's changed some of them and he just showed that I know because I've been trying to put together my personal top 100, um, that that can feel like a Herculean feat at times. And so seeing his revisions was just really cool. So thank you for posting that, Wes. Thank you for giving me that little push to, to hey, I need to form my own list as well. I appreciated that. So uh, do you have any community shout-outs, uh, Mr. McKeever? I do not. Uh, just kind of okay. like, uh, yeah. That's cool. Then um, I guess before we go, I just have one other, uh, one other question for you. What is your is your quest, Chun? Hmm. Mm. Yeah. What? That, <laughs> what? Huh? Huh? <laughs> what is your quest? What? Chun. What? What? What are Sing you it, talking Bobby? about? <laughs> I, I, yes. Sing it, Bobby. So, <laughs> um, this week the winner is our our very own sojourner over on Discord who asks a pretty uh, thought-provoking question that we are just going to skim over the surface because it's the end of the episode. Um, he asks, what are your thoughts on how certain games slash movies slash media have started to shift from a hard black and white, good versus evil type stories and characters to a more muddled gray, oh, everyone has some bad and good characters and stories, i.e., gray Jedi finding a balance between good and evil or how the writers of Breaking Bad had people rooting for a drug lord or not that I've watched it Game of Thrones and the wretched character examples there. You so. know, um, I think and and sort of like trying to, uh, we are so good at being bad at brevity. But what I mm -hmm. would say mm -hmm. here is that I think there's there's benefits to both, right? Because yeah. the having sort of like the noble hero gives you something to to aspire to. It's sort of like mm -hmm. challenge. It's it's a bit of a mirror and saying like we could all be better or you could be better. Like when you look yeah. at like the noble hero, hero. But you know, let's reference. I'll, I'll I'll look at Game of Thrones just briefly, and like I think he used the term wretched. Yeah, wretched character mm -hmm. examples. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like garbage. Like the one like good man they killed him in like the the first three chapters. Um, you you mm -hmm. know you know. Um, I mean, the, you could make the argument. I think that you know it's like it you're trying to just sort of like smear a coat of dirt on everything because nothing mm -hmm. is good. Yeah, and and I think in some cases, probably arguably in George R. R. Martin's case, like that's exactly what he's doing because he's yeah. he talks all the time about how he feels like he's in an argument or a dialogue with uh, Tolkien, and I'm like, dude, Tolkien with like, here's the thing: the only reason, like, and I'm I'm gonna. This is coming from a dude who, you know, like I, I, I'm a, I'm a mailman and I, I co-host a, a, a podcast about video games and stewardship. So, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. But like, here's the thing, George R. R. Martin is a tremendous talent that's absolutely squandered because he's a disgusting human being who sort of revels in filth. 
and he wants to drag everybody down like you know and maybe i'm ascribing unfair motivations but the way he writes his stories he wants to make everything dirty and he wants to drag everything down in the dirt because that's where he hangs out and he doesn't believe in beauty and he doesn't believe in 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 glory and goodness mm. really mm. and he just he has to make everything ugly yeah and and I get I get angry about that. So that's that's my like, but he's he's not I think a really good example of because there are really great nuanced characters that mm -hmm. struggle with their morality or their immorality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't. I mean, I think like the example of like you know he referenced the Gray Jedi. I don't think he explicitly named them, but like there, you do have like, you know, anti-heroes and, and, you know, problematic antagonists or, or not antagonists, but protagonists yeah. where, protagonists, yeah. where they, they're just sort of like, they're troubled and they, they wrestle with things. And I, I don't have mm -hmm. a problem with that as long as it's mm -hmm. done well. Um, yeah. You know, I don't need everything to be a super clean fairy story where it's like all the good guys are perfectly good because I th you know, I think you can have stories that sort of hold a mirror, you know, mirror up to reality. And then you can have stories yeah. that are aspirational and sort of like you right. know, you can have both. Yeah. Like I said, you brought up Martin and and I just, I have little to no respect for that, that man. <laughs> um, yeah. I think like, yeah. and it's, it's really kind of like, even like the way he's just been so antagonistic with his, his fan base and sort of yeah, like, he just won't, he won't yeah. finish his books. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, and you, you, you know, and maybe this is just me being kind of like a, I don't think he knows what to do with them because I think he, right. I think he saw some of the reaction to like, yeah, I'm just going to like sort of like rant and rave about yeah, I'm not going to rant and rave, but I I think <laughs> I think the ending of that of the 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 Game of Thrones show and the way that it mm -hmm. ended and the way that people sort of reacted, he saw that. And I think there was like way more <laughs> in common with sort of like his trajectory then maybe we want to like, I know like the, the, the Game of Thrones show does its own thing after a certain season, mm -hmm. but I think there was way more of his, him in that ending than he wants to admit. And when he saw how people responded to it, he was like, can't do that. Can't mm -hmm. do that. I don't know, because his MO has always been that it takes him forever to write the book. So I don't know if this one, I mean, yeah, certainly like actually ending the story, right? How's, how's he going to end it? Because the same way that he's ended like most of his characters were just off like that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there could be some merit in that, but, but I don't know. Yeah. It, well, I mean, yeah. so I, I, I sort of rambled on there for a few minutes, but what, what's your take mm -hmm. on it, Josh? So I agree um, with with uh, some of your thoughts on aspirational stories. I think they certainly have a place, and I enjoy them a lot. Uh, having those those hard, good, and it bad is it is good story. to have good heroes. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like um, you know, the man with a thousand faces, the the hero's journey. You you can see them fall and get back up again. And that's, that's mm -hmm. inspiring. That's something that you want to aspire to. Um, so I appreciate those types of stories. Um, I do also appreciate, th so, so I think what you were getting at too is 
when there is some gray, when you see the motivation of an antagonist and you see, oh, okay, actually I can see it from his point of view. I can appreciate that because then you see like, oh, I see why they made those decisions, but I also see how poor that decision was. And you see that as a, uh, as a cautionary tale of saying that sometimes we think we're in the right when we're not when actually what we're doing is the wrong thing mm-hmm. for the right reason, yeah. possibly, but it is the wrong thing. So or, I think there's something to be learned from Gray as well. I yep. think even sort of like referencing Walter White from Breaking Bad. Right, I exactly. Think, I think it, even exactly. there, it's just like seeing how easily it just like mm-hmm. all comes off the rails. Like, yes. you know. And in the case of Breaking Bad also, and just because, you know, uh, he had brought it up too, is I, I, I take issue with saying that we're rooting for the drug lord because I think, I don't know, maybe there were some people who actually thought that Walter White was a good character. I think it's pretty explicit that no, this guy's this guy becomes a scumbag, but the people that he's up against are worse. So like the cartels, he is not as bad as the cartels. And so are you rooting for him? Well, sure, you're rooting that he wins out or that he gets out of this situation, but that doesn't mean you actually think he's a good guy. That doesn't mean you're aspiring to be Walter White. You're seeing his descent into to worse and worse and how he continually justifies himself. So I think it's more of a cautionary tale than it is something that that people would be confused by. I could well, be wrong on that, but I've never met anyone and it, who And it could be too like how like because he it is he is sympathetic in many many ways um it's like it like that that whole character arc like he has cancer mm-hmm. doesn't have the the insurance or the money to sort of pay mm-hmm. for it so he starts cooking meth you know mm-hmm. and just like how one crummy did but like it is that easy like it just shows like that like he's like i can make a whole bunch of money sort of like you know and just like the way that it just sort of like all sort of like falls apart. And like I said, it comes off the rails, but it, it is a cautionary tale, but it, yeah. it's also like one where it's like, he sort of starts out as a very sympathetic character and it yeah. sort of even shows yeah. you how he moves from being sort of like almost like a sort of likable, decent man into mm-hmm. just a totally depraved psychopath. Right. Right, exactly. So um, do I prefer black and white or do I prefer gray? I think there are merits in each of those. The one thing I will say that wasn't brought up in the original question that I have to bring into this is what I dislike is the deconstruction of these of the black and white, of the gray. Um, so where I don't think this fits into like a gray, a tale that's all gray, is where you take an aspirational character and you turn that character on its head and then say, oh, look, everything, like that person was trying, was striving for the best, but everything that that, that person has done has turned out horrible. And actually they were the bad guy all along and they didn't know it um, when they were trying their best. Does that make sense? Well, it's it's, it's it's this sense of deconstruction that really, and I think that's actually what you were getting at too with um, with George R. R. Martin um, and his stories is that they're not. It's the same. He doesn't end. try to write heroes. It's the right. same end. Yeah, it's like you, they have the same sort of goal in mind, where it's like they they want to tear down. They want to sort of like they they want to attack beauty. Right. 
Right. And like, exactly. if, if you are antagonistic to beauty and to right and to good and to, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to glory, then yeah, I have no patience for you. Yeah. Like I'm a big fan of like that, that series, uh, Eric Bryant turned me on to the black company. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that's fun about that is like, yes, they're a bunch of mercenaries and they're a bunch of scoundrels, but like they've got in some ways and some, and some of their hearts are just absolutely black and wizened, <laughs> but like mm-hmm. there is sort of like a heart of gold underneath all of it that I, mm-hmm. I kind of love, like, you know, the, the, the love that they have for each other, uh, as like, and it's tar- like, and it's exploring the sort of like the, the bonds of the soldier and the, 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 the unit, the, 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 the sort of like the familial bonds that, um, men who serve together sort of mm-hmm. yeah i don't know there's 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 heart there and yeah is it grimy and grody and kind of gross sometimes and it's a little dark and disturbing yeah but it's like it's like there's also like sort of a good heart underneath it hmm. whereas like i just find i find martin's work and sort of like stuff of that ilk to just be like kind of soulless and mean-spirited and I have no patience for it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think especially, I think the deconstructive narrative um, is pretty popular, is a very modern thing. Um, it's, it's something that has kind of grown in prominence and that that I, I dislike. So I, I don't think it's, it's strictly a black, white, or gray, but it's a deconstruction in particular of a lot of characters. So, so a character like, sorry, I'm going to step on some toes here. Some of the, the, the most recent like DC movies where you have Superman is this broken character instead of this aspirational character, like, Oh, he ends up like murdering someone at the end of his first movie. Like that, that doesn't sit right with me, man. Like that, that you shouldn't do that with that character. Um, so anyways, that's my, that's my two cents don't have to go too far down that road but that was a great question and so we'll be reaching out to you um because that was that was some good stuff that question was worth exactly five dollars hey there you go all right before we head out do we have do you have any challenge that you want to complete by next episode i really think i just want to sort of like you know and i know that I want to just really sort of stick to my guns with the calorie counting stuff. Like, yeah, sweet. I would love to sort of add on to it, but I think like right now I just really need it. it, I do need to just sort of like knuckle down. I might, I think I stepped on the scale like the other week and I was down like 10 pounds. Whoa, uh, nice. Well, when I'm paying attention, it's just like, I I walk Mm -hmm. through, I walk 13 miles a day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that that makes sense. Well, then we're going to be brothers in arms for the next two weeks because I am at a point where um, I'm ready to to change. So, so some of my gut busting goals, um, I have met the the goal weight that I was that I was shooting for when I started this earlier this year. Um, but then my plan was to go another five pounds lower, um, and then I would reintroduce uh, lifting weights because I've pretty much been almost exclusively cardio. I've done a little bit of lifting, but mostly uh, just bumped up that cardio to to at least an hour a day. Um, and I'm at a point where I just want to dip a little bit so that when I go back to weight uh, 
to the weights, I'll gain that. Like I'm compensating for that gain that's going to happen so that I'll be at my goal weight, but I'll actually have more muscle than, uh, you'll just flab. You'll look better in your t-shirts. I mean, I'm I'm still shaped like a pear. (laughs) I'm still like, it's just, I'm not as parish. Yeah. (laughs) I'm less parish. Yes. Yeah. There you go. And <laughs> and I'm almost there. I'm like, I'm, you know, depending because it fluctuates so much. I'm only a couple pounds away from that negative five from where my goal was. And and so I'll be able to to switch out, at least in my own plan, switch that out. So what I want to do is I want to go hard the next two weeks so that I can just hit that. And then I can go to uh, doing more of the weight training. So that's my goal. Um, the, the, I set that goal and then I remembered, oh shoot, Ollie's birthday party is this week. <laughs> so I know I'm going to have pizza. I know there's going to be donuts. I know, you know, like, ice cream and cake. Get yeah, it. So Get I will have it. to go Dude. around. Well, and that's, yeah, I'm not super restrictive. Um, like I'm more conscious. It, it's not that I would prevent myself from eating those things. It's that I want to compensate for those things by doing a little you more cardio. Take, you want to take them into having, account. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One donut instead of three, something like that. Um, right. So it's the, it's not that I'm totally abstaining because I'm not like that's that's not sustainable for me. I like food, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna eat it if it's there. I mean, so I feel you, man. Like last week, I oh well, and it's not really a challenge, but one of the things I, I going forward uh, on my days off, I I I like to cook, and I don't do enough yeah. of it. So on my days yeah. off, I like I'm. Last week I made uh, homemade uh, mac and cheese. We mm-hmm. chopped up some jalapenos and threw that in there, and That's some right. bacon. Yeah, uh, yeah, you did. Stupid tasty. Um, mm. It's real good. But then uh, awesome. this week I'm actually doing a Chicago deep dish in a skillet. Oh, oh my goodness, uh, that sounds awesome! I'm excited. That sounds awesome. Dude, I love it. You're making me hungry already. Uh, but that's that's it's, my challenge. It's, freaking, to lose those last it's almost two in the morning where I'm at and we're talking <laughs> about food. We're so dumb. <laughs> this is this is awesome. All right. Well, uh, if you want to tell us how dumb we are, then there are tons of ways that you can reach out and and shout at us. Uh, on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. You can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. We have a Discord, and the link for that is in the description. We have a Facebook group the hashtag backlog book club. And we also have an Instagram, instagram.com slash the backlog breakdown. And if you want to get a little more personal and tell me to my face, how stupid I am, I generally on the internet go by broccolope and Nate goes by. You can tell him how stupid. Uh, I am. Oh, please don't. Um, <laughs> Nate underscore McKeever. Listen, if any of you assault broccolo, uh, on the social media platforms, and I catch wind of it, um, I will I will issue a firm, a very firm settle down, like settle, settle all down. the way down. I love it. I'm gonna need you to I settle all the way down. Uh, all right, <laughs> but yeah, I I think Josh, uh, the only thing that really remains is uh, mm-hmm. we we did the things and and then some. We did mm. what we set out yeah. to do, and then some. You know, um, those things have been done. And, and then some, we did, we did some extra Mm -hmm. things too. So (laughs) uh, now that we've done all that and we've said all this and that we have, uh, once again, proven that we are really good at being bad at brevity. Um, even when people are trying to class up things, uh, for us, um, 
what, what's left, Josh? What, what should they do? Guys, keep beating down those backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Fart noises. <laughs> <laughs>